I, I have a goal in this message. Um, I, I, I think it's an important to um, desire to communicate a point. Um, and the message, that the goal of this message is not to increase a knowledge here, not to, not to increase information. Um, I, I think we're at a time when information is so easy and knowledge is right at our hands, um, yet we walk in a culture that's just incredibly bankrupt of any moral values. Um, uh, we, we live in a church, I think, that has more information now than it's ever had, but I almost see it being almost least effective now than it has been in the past. And so, I, 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 you know, Scripture makes it really clear that knowledge, what, puffs up and, and love builds up. So I, I, I want to communicate that to you, um, that uh, my goal isn't, to just bring, isn't just to bring a teaching, isn't just to bring an increase of knowledge for you. Um, I, I, I have a um, more modest objective, perhaps. Uh, I'd like to put something into motion today. All right, so I want you to walk out of here. I want you to walk out of here and, and, and really, uh, I want you to chew on this, all right? Just, just, just I, I want our hearts to meditate on this because I, I really do believe this was a message that, that, that the Lord really spoke into me um, this past week. Um, I'd like to open, I, say, I, I believe there are two things, perhaps exercise we could call them, that we as believers can do that have the potential to empower us to change the world. I think there's two I also believe that these are the two greatest assets that we have in our possession right now to live victorious against gates of hell. Two greatest, most powerful assets. I believe are the two things that terrify Satan the most and infringe and affront against his kingdom. All right? But I believe by their very nature, they are the two things most resisted by our flesh. Our two greatest assets, but the two things I think that are most resisted by our flesh. All right? And because of this, they sadly become two of the most forgotten and neglected. All right? I like to acquaint them with the, the guns in battle that remain in their holsters. All right? The cannons that are never fired, the parachute cord that's never pulled, the lifeline that's never called. All right? They're the things that we as believers often feel most convicted on, yet still fail in finding time or even the strength to do them. I'd like to change that today. The first one is prayer. Um, and I'm not going to spend a great deal of time on this, but I, I feel that I can't make an appeal for the second one without first mentioning this. All right? And, and, I, and I really do believe that the two work hand in hand. I'd like to try to make that argument today. The Bible is very, very clear about the power of prayer. Uh, James 5.16 says what? The, the prayer of a righteous person is both powerful and effective. Powerful and effective. Matthew 21.22 says, And whatever we ask in prayer, you will receive if you ask in faith. Our prayers are powerful. They're effective. The Lord says, whatever you ask of me, ask in faith and it will be done. And one of my favorites, First uh, John 5.15 says, I want you to listen to this. It says, this is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. That's a direct line of communication. A direct line of communication. 
to the one that set the stars in their places. And yet so oftentimes, I think that prayers are a last resort rather than our first option. I think we say that to people kind of candidly. Well, man, I'll pray for you. And so that's like the last-ditch hope. And in football, it's called what? The Hail Mary. The last-ditch effort. When all else fails, all right, let's just let's wing one out there. Let's just see what happens. Instead of that being, man, I'm going to the maker. I'm going to my Savior right now. I'm going to bring this to him. For he promises to hear me. He says my prayers are powerful and effective. That should encourage us this morning. I like to think of even our cell phones. Who, uh, there was a, a study done as to uh, uh, cell phone um, anxiety, uh, uh, separation cell phone anxiety. It's a study that, that, that was done about what happens when people forget their cell phones and they, they, they wind up an hour away from home in this, this, this fear that grips them. <laughs> and I, I just think that's silly until I, until I left mine at home one day and then you're, you're thinking, I don't know, what could, anything could happen here, you know? You, we forget a world that existed before cell phones. Um, but what is a cell phone? That's a direct line of communication that we have to, to pretty much anybody in, in the world, really. We can access anything. I can access anybody. I can speak with anyone. I can FaceTime. I can, I can, you can do anything. And we would never even think of leaving the house without this. But yet so many times we just put our shoes on and walk out the door without establishing that first line of communication with our Lord and Savior, all right? Um, there was a really cool quote from Oswald Chambers that says, prayer is an effort of will. And I thought about that. And that really ties into this next point, too. Um, prayer is an effort of will. I think sometimes we need to recognize our deficiencies. Sometimes we need to recognize where, we lo- where, where, where we're not strong and, 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 and really make an effort to change that. And I, and I, and I, pray, <laughs> I pray that everybody changes that this week. I pray that there is a focus on prayer. I pray that we don't even leave the house without humbling ourselves before Jesus Christ and just saying, Lord, lead me. All right? And I prayed some pretty incredible prayers over the last week, and the Lord has met each and every one of them. So I'm, I'm here to testify to each and every one of you that he is alive and active. He does hear your prayers, and he's on the other end of it. And it might not be in my time, but it's in his time. All right? So I promise you that. He, he's listening, and he will answer. Uh, so what is the second one? What is this other great power that goes so neglected? I will tell you. It is one of the very reasons that you and I were created. In fact, it is by and part the very reason that all things have been created. It is the purpose and will of God in your life. Who here wants to know? All right, I, 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 what an amazing thing I just think of for me to be able to speak that with total clarity, all right, and, 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 and total assurance that, that, that what I just said is the absolute gospel truth. I can stand here and speak that into your life because I know that that's what the word of God says. All right? I believe with my whole heart it holds the key to unlocking the greatest joy and peace that your life will ever see. It is the power in proclaiming the glory of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The power in proclaiming that. To proclaim 
to speak, to announce, to verbalize, to advance, to move forward with that. Isaiah 43, 21, God says to my chosen people, the people whom I have formed for myself, that they may declare my praise. I'll read that again. God says to my chosen people, the people whom I formed for myself, I formed for myself, that they might what? This is the reason right here, that they may declare my praise. So what does it mean to proclaim? I like to break things down, and, and I think sometimes we wing through words, and we kind of have a hint of what it means. Uh, maybe you know how you would use it. Uh, maybe you know how it's, it's said before. It's not unfamiliar to you. But I, I like to break things down. There was a, an uh, Albert Einstein quote that said, if you can't explain something simply, you don't understand it. And sometimes I think it's just... Let's, let's break things down. Let's break the word proclaim down. If that's what we're asked to do, all right, and, if, and this, is, this is kind of the title here of this service, all right, what does it mean to proclaim? What is proclaim? Uh, the word proclaim means to announce or declare in an open way, to indicate or make known publicly. Proclaim the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. To announce and declare in an open way, to make known publicly. We see the word used in the Bible interchangeably with the words declare, profess, announce, speak, and preach. All five of those ways are all synonyms, and they're used various ways throughout all the different uh, uh, ESV, NASB, NIB, NIV, um, all the other ones. Uh, these words are, are used in very similar references, uh, they are synonyms when you look them up in, in concordances. Um, to declare, to profess, to speak, to announce, and to preach. It is a verb, it is an action, it is not passive, it is alive, and it is dynamic. Proclaim the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Speaking it out, declaring it announcing it, to profess it. This is not a quiet position. This is not a passive position that we take in this. Yet I think so many times, that's, that's kind of how it is in our life, though, if we can be honest, isn't it? We kind of know what we believe, and we're kind of not really into getting into someone else's business, and we're really not looking for arguments, Right? I'm running this at, at work, not really looking for an argument today. And so, little comments, I'll kind of let go. Instead of speaking into that, instead of declaring something, instead of taking, instead of taking the word of God, which is truth, and just speaking that in to a reference that was made, to a comment that was made, maybe to someone who is visibly hurt in front of me, that somehow I hold back from that. And I think, I think that ties into the first point I made. It's resisted by the flesh. Don't we see that in our life? And I think it's because it's such an affront on the kingdom of hell that that is the one thing Satan doesn't want us to do. Man, go ahead. You can have your church. You can have your belief. Just don't share that with anybody. And I think we've kind of weighed that out too. All right? We've kind of of weighed the cost. We've kind of measured that out. 
We saw how that worked for Jesus, right? It wasn't for his miracles that he was hung on the cross, right? It's for the words he said. It's for what he declares for his message. That was the offense. And yet we, we kind of know that and we, we, we hold back, I think. And I, I pray this morning that, that, that our tongues are loosened. That the Spirit of God anoints every one of us to be bold proclaimers of the truth when we leave here. Proverbs 18.21 says the, tower, the, the tongue has the power of life and death. The tongue has the power of life and death. We have the ability to speak life into someone else's heart. That is, if you are not moved by that this morning, boy, I question salvation. <laughs> to speak life into someone's, into someone's life. To speak that. Proclaim it. There's an old quote by St. Francis of Assisi. Many of us have heard this. I've used this. Um, I've allowed this to become a crutch. Um, And I don't mean to offend anybody by using this as a a negative connotation because I'm going to actually use it as a reference later on. Um, But I I want to bring bring it up because we've heard it, we've used it. It says, preach the gospel at all time, and when necessary, use words. And, and I, I get the point. I get the idea here. I'm not bashing it at all. Um, what it's reiterating is, is, is be doers of the word, not just hearers, okay? I, I get that, that, that our lives uh, need to reflect the faith that we proclaim. But I think we've taken that concept to a whole other extreme of simply living a good life and never proclaiming that. We live good lives, and that's it. And people really don't know why. And I just think of, say there is a, a, a you know, the, the Mormons live good lives. I, I work with one. Good guy. All right? The Jehovah's Witnesses were at my house the other day. Um, they're good people. They, they, they look nice. They, 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 they are confident in their message. But if, if, if a Jehovah's Witness lived on one side of your neighbor and you lived in the other and nobody said a word, how would he distinguish between what's affecting your life? At some point, you need to be speaking this out. At some point, he needs to come in contact with, with, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's how his gospel advances is through us. We are the body of Christ. And we can't be silent any longer. We need to speak this. We need to proclaim this. We live in a life where I assure you it is very necessary to use words. It is very necessary to use words. It is my belief and observation that one of the single greatest failures of modern evangelical professing Christians today is the failure to outwardly proclaim the glory of Jesus Christ and his kingdom to those around us. I think that is one of our greatest failures. I really do. And I just, if, if, if the whole reason that we have been created is to declare the glory of God, then how can we be silent? That is not the will of God in your life. And I think, I think we need to resist our flesh and pound it into submission and say, no, I have the power to speak life today. And begin to speak life 
into a culture that is, that is, it's a powder keg. Look at out east in Boston yesterday. Look, look down south. Look what's going on. And it's, 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 it's absolute pandemonium. If, if you can't see the end times living out right before your eyes, you need to open them a little wider. It's right here. And yet, where's the church? Why are we so silent? Not that we need to look for a fight. Don't, don't, don't hear that. But it has to go more than just living a good life in front of people. We need to be proclaiming this message. What does it mean to proclaim then the glory of Jesus Christ? I think there are two parts. Proclaiming the glory of Jesus Christ, I believe are, there are two parts to this. The first part is a visual demonstration. And people need to see Jesus lived out in our lives. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old thing has passed away. Behold, all things become new. All right? Without this, you can forget about the second part. All right? If you're not, if you're not walking the walk you got no business talking the talk. And, and people are going to see that. People are going to see that. Bunch of phony, hypocrite Christians that are doing the same thing, same thing I'm doing. This guy's in a club with me on Saturday night. He's trying to get me to go to church with him. What a joke. And they can see that. And it has become a joke. And a lot of people just completely scoff at this. And so I'm just telling you, if your life doesn't represent this, you're going to be so completely ineffective if you begin to speak this into people's lives. All right? our, need, our lives need to represent all right, the message that we profess, and that, and that profession is Jesus Christ. And if you don't know how he walked, man, get in the book of John. All right? Begin to read. That, 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 is, that, that is our benchmark, all right? not other Christians. We don't use other Christians as the benchmark of where we need to be. It's Jesus Christ, all right? That, that's, that's what I'm raising in my house, and I tell my kids that. That's what I'm raising, young, 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 young men of God, young women of God, and that's who we're going to strive to be. And you know what? Your dad, your old man's going to slip up, but that's who I aspire to be, and that's who I want you to be, and speak that to them, all right? Model that for them. Speak that into their lives. And this is why we need to avoid the, even the, the appearances of evil. The very appearances of evil, at least anything to destroy your witness. Once that is ruined, that's a hard one to get back. Once you've ruined, once you've demolished your witness, it's, uh, that's an incredibly difficult thing for people to, 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 to accept. Um, I'm not saying that you can't. I'm not saying that great men of God who have fallen have not come up and had incredible ministries. It's not what I'm saying. I'm saying... Once that, once that witness is diminished, um, I believe it's just, it's just a fact that the effectiveness of your words after that uh, hold less weight. So let's, let's, guard, let's guard our hearts against that, all right? Let's seek after purity. Let's seek after righteousness. Let's seek after holiness, all right? Because when we bring the second part around here, and I'm going to get that in a second, it's going to be a slam dunk. and People are going to see it. People are going to see the genuineness in your message. They're going to see the quality in that message and they're going to see the effectiveness of, of your message because it's a life that they've seen modeled in front of them. So the second part 
First part was visual demonstration. Second part is an outward communication. It means we need to demonstrate this visually, and now we need to communicate this outwardly. People need to hear the truth about God's glory and salvation. Psalm 96, 2 and 3 says, Sing to the Lord, bless his name, tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations and his marvelous works among the people. See how active that verse is. The whole verse proclaims, the whole verse shouts, the whole verse sings. Sing to the Lord, bless his name, tell of his salvation, declare his glory, declare his marvelous works. I believe these two verses give us four qualities to emulate in our outward communication with others. Number one, we're to exalt his name. That means to elevate or to promote or advance the name of Jesus Christ. Exalt his name. That's the first part. Second part, tell of his salvation. And if you don't know of his salvation, you come and find me afterwards. Third part is declare his glory. Glory means high honor, reputation, or praise. We do this in worship. We do that in worship. We elevate. We declare his glory. That's the importance of, 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 of worship together in a church. That's what we're doing. This isn't just 15 minutes trying to buy me some time here. You think this is the position of our heart coming in. Just wanting to elevate the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to declare that. And that's our natural position. That was why we were created to declare these things. So I just, I want, I want, I want, I want today was an encouragement. We talked about that right, right before the change over here. That was the loudest I've ever heard anybody sing here. And, and I was, man, I was so blessed and so encouraged. And, 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 and I believe that that encourages me then to come up and, and, and blesses. Everybody's blessed. Everybody's blessed by that. When the word of God, when, when his glory is proclaimed, we see multiple times in Scripture that the body is built. The body is, is built up. All right? And number four, we declare his marvelous works among the people. We talk about what God has done. And what's neat to see is that these two, that two of these verses outwardly declared are being done in the skies right now. I looked at Psalms 19. And what does it say? I think a lot of us know it. The heavens declare the glory of God and the skies proclaim the work of his hands. That's what God had in Psalms declared for his people. Declare his glory and to proclaim the work. He tells us to declare the marvelous works that God has done among the people. Speak of his works. Declare his glory. The, 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 the very skies are doing that right now. All of creation is doing that. What is that, 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 word, that verse in Great is Thy Faithfulness? Uh, Join together in manifold witness. Sun, moon, and stars in their courses above to gather together with all nature. And if you're not willing to declare that, it says even the rocks will cry out. This is, this, this is, this is, this is an advancing message, all right? This is an outgoing message. This is not passive. It is aggressive. 
is dynamic. I think that there is one thing that's totally unique and different, like a snowflake that every child of God has over all of creation. And there's great power when we proclaim it. And this is, this is what I want to get down to. This can be your takeaway this morning. It's your personal testimony. It's your personal testimony. How did you come here today? What has God done in your life? What is he doing right now? Revelations 12.11 says, talks about the power, it says, it says, and they, meaning the saints, meaning us, conquered over him, Satan, by the blood of the Lamb, and what? The word of their testimony. We conquer, we have victory over the gates of hell by the blood of Jesus Christ that has covered us to tell of our testimony. Wilson, can you cue the clip? I remember the first time I met you, I was 13. And I was just a kid back then, but at the time I was hurting. And dad preached a sermon about how you were the anchor of our souls from the book of Hebrews. I remember closing my eyes that morning and I promised I could see you. And you were calling me to come home with open arms like you were in love with me. And when I got up and came forward, the weight on my shoulders fell off suddenly. And I found out what it means to be set free church was packed that day but I swear it was just you and me and at that altar I prayed that you would forgive me I had been living for the world and it had left me empty and you whispered in my ear and you called me son you told me at that second that you had forgotten every bad thing that I'd done I found the answers I'd been searching for until this day it's your glory that I'm burning for and I just want to thank you, Jesus, for the sanctification process that's possible through salvation, which comes from your sacrifice. I was dead, but you gave me life. And you gave me purpose. You gave me sonship when the world called me worthless. And you made me a man when I was surrounded by boys as my peers. You advanced me in years. And you gave me a heart for the hurting. And you give the hurting a heart. You put back together what the world had torn apart. You told me that I was worth the cross and the price you paid. Thousands of revivals later and I can't wrap my mind around the lives you've saved. You are everything to me. I can't live without you. And I want to be a voice of reassurance to the people who doubt you. And I want to stand up and fight back when people down you. I was at my lowest in life when I found you. Or maybe you found me. Either way, I know at that moment that I was drowning. I was depressed and I was angry. Teachers and preachers did everything they could to tame me. And then you brought that queen into my life named Jamie. And we started following Jesus together. And I pray, God, you continue to lead us forever. And I pray you use these hands I have and you fashion them for battle. You made me to ride into the fight strapped up in this saddle. And on this white horse, I will ride into this fight. And I will spark up this torch and illuminate the light and you will disseminate your might. I believe, God, you'll eliminate the bite 
and the snares of Satan will not touch me. And although a thousand on each side will continue to rush me, I hear your voice as you cry out, trust me, and I trust you, Lord, and I'll run this marathon, and you promise to carry me on, and I hope one day my family finds a mountain to bury me on, because I never stayed at the bottom, I climbed to the top, and I nearly died when I dropped, but you picked me up and you pushed me on, and I stood up and fought back against every demon that took me on, and my God is great, and my God is good, and his goodness is never ending, this isn't hoping and wishing that I'm sending, this is all that I have, my God is my dad, and I will fight for his name until they put me in the grave. I'm another both preparing for warfare in this cave. So bring us your giants and bring us your spears. The perfect love of our general cast out all fears. We aren't afraid of the devil or the arrows you've planned. We're confident in battle because no weapon formed against us will ever stand. I think I've seen it like six times and it still chokes me up. Uh, what just happened there? What just happened there? Life changed. Proclamation. A declaration. It was a personal testimony. It was a man who was broken that came encounter with Jesus Christ. Why is that so powerful? What was what he said so powerful? Never quoted any scripture? Never referred to the Bible once? Never told me that I'm a sinner in need of a savior? His theology was spotty and dicey in a couple spots? But man, how powerful was that? Was I the only one moved by that this morning? Or? But you know what? It was genuine. It was personal. It was from the heart, and it simply proclaimed what Jesus had done for him. I want to look at, real quick, Mark 5, 18 through 20. This is the takeaway today. This is, this is if, if, if there can be something that I want to put into motion, I want to put this into motion today. I think we can, we can really complicate what we're supposed to say. I think it becomes methodology. I think we use tacts to try to win hearts. It's rigid. It's clunky. People can see that. People feel that. Uh, there, it lacks a genuine heart for saved and lost souls. It's done out of compulsion, not out of gratitude. All right? You got to understand, our testimony, what we speak, all right, is when the Spirit of God pours upon us and you speak in the lives and they are changed. His spirit speaks into them through you and their lives are changed. It's not reading off the cue cards. It's genuine. What you saw there was genuine. It was rough, but it was genuine. Let me grab my Bible here. I want you to take a look at just a very simple thing that happens In Mark, we've heard the story. Jesus comes into a countryside. There's a man possessed by a demon. And he's an outcast. He's living in the wilderness. He's been bound in chains. And and, and everybody knows this guy. He's he's, He's a savage. 
As Jesus approaches him, the demons cry out to God. They knew who he was. The demons knew who he was. And he's begged him, son of man, our, our time is not yet. Please, he said, cast us into that herd of pigs. And Jesus allowed them to go to in, the, in, in the herd of the pigs, and the herd of pigs went off the cliff. And there the man sat in his right mind. He said, and a great fear came upon the people. They saw that. They saw an encounter with Jesus Christ. They saw there was power in that. And not everybody wants to hear that. Not everybody wants to see that. Because as we know that that crowd asked for Christ to leave, he said they were too afraid of what he was going to do. They were too afraid of him. And they asked him to leave. And as he's getting ready to, to, to leave, it says in verses 18, as Jesus was getting in the boat, the man who had been possessed by the demon begged him that he might be with him, that he wanted to come. saying, take me with you. And Jesus did not permit him but simply said this, go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And said he went away and he began to proclaim in the cities how much Jesus had done for him and everyone marveled. Just begin to speak to people. Let them know what God has done in your life. If you came in here with a broken leg, and we prayed over you, and you were healed, I'm sure you would be calling somebody later on that day to let them know what happened. You won't believe this. If somebody was healed of an infirmity right in front of you, there's no doubt that we would leave here and begin to tear up social media and be speaking about what we saw. You won't believe this. You know, I think about how amazing is it for God to reach down and pull out a life that was on its way to hell and pick me up and speak life into me and give me his spirit and to clothe me with the blood of Christ, be covered in righteousness, and to proclaim me his son. Isn't that something to profess today? Isn't that a good work that God has done in your life? I'd do something a little bit different right now. I want to just open this time up for anyone who just wants to stand and proclaim something. Possibly for the first time, you need to declare Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Or maybe you just need to recommit your life to Christ. Maybe you have a testimony to share. Or maybe you simply want to declare the good thing that God has done for you today. I want to encourage you right now, put this word into motion. Let's do that right now. It doesn't have to be anything grand. Just stand in the presence to proclaim his kingdom right now. There's such victory in that. There's such victory in proclaiming. There's victory in proclaiming your testimony. That is powerful. I just want to encourage you. You need to break out of your shell because you have a story to tell. Let's not give in to this passive gospel. It is not as alive and it is active. He has pursued you, and he's going to use you to pursue others. Let's not forget that. Prayer and proclaim. Prayer and proclaim leads to victory.